I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. Myself and Clarkie, we're going to dive into our best Titans team of the NRL era. Makes life a little bit easier, obviously, the NRL era, 98 onwards. Titans only entered the mid-2000s. Clarkie, you'll know better than me. 2007, their first season? Yeah, 2007 is when the Titans came in. Mate, I'll never forget. I think it was the 2005 grand final where the, the, the pre-match warm-up uh, sorry, the pre-match entertainment was a heap of blokes running around with these surfboards with the Titans emblem on. It really... It just set the mood for what this club was going to be for the next few years. There was definitely a lot of buzz and a lot of excitement around the Titans coming into the competition. And, you know, there was that feeling of, is this finally going to change? Because there had been failed Gold Coast Titans franchises in the future. And um, ultimately, I think the game is better with 16 teams and with the Titans in the competition. It's just such a it's such a rich area for rugby league with schools like PwC, Trimabar, Kibra, that I think the NRL do need to have a team on the Gold Coast. And, mate, just for so long, it has just been a black hole for sport in Australia. It is just, it's just been crazy. Nothing seems to be able to be successful there. And, I mean, there has been times where I've been really worried whether the Gold Coast were going to be around in three or four years. But, I mean, they kicked off unbelievably. And a lot of the guys that we've picked come from that early side are very talented. They obviously, I think people forget, like, you're a top four finisher in a couple of seasons there, weren't you? Yeah, 2010, we actually lost the preliminary to the Roosters. But, um, yeah, unfortunately it wasn't to be. But we got pretty close that year. There was a couple other years where we were in and around the finals. And then, obviously, it's just gone down ever since then. And as you said, the, top, the Gold Coast, sorry, has been a real black spot for sporting teams. Um, they had an A-League team go under, an NBL team, I believe, go under, three rugby league teams go under. The Gold Coast Suns are absolutely horrible from what I hear in the AFL. So, yeah, there's something going on with the Gold Coast. Mate, obviously uh, the team that you support, one of the most passionate Gold Coast fans out there. So uh, I'll, I'll sort of hand the floor to you for this podcast. You'll know a lot more about these guys and have so many more memories than I will. And I believe, mate, at fullback, we're kicking off with your favourite player. Tell us about him. Oh, AJ Brimson. He's just fantastic. The thing I love about AJ is he's small, um, but he just goes 100 at everything. And that's why, you know, he is so young in his career, but he's already had, you know, lower back injuries and all this stuff. But 
Um, although it's unfortunate because he is so young in his career, it's due to his playing style. And that is just 100 miles an hour. He does not have a, um, a quit button. He does not have a backwards button in him. He goes 100 miles an hour. I'm a big fan of AJ. I love the style he brings. I love the energy he brings to a team. Um, he beat out William Zilliam for us. Um, William Zilman obviously had 156 games for the Titans, but he didn't play any rep football whilst he was at the Titans, whereas AJ, whilst he is much younger in his career, he's already played for Australia in the Nines and for the Queensland Maroons. And, mate, I guess, you know, we throw up a guy like William Zilman, and I think some people will probably roll their eyes, but I think people have got to also understand that, you know, the Titans, they've never been a team with a Tom Travojevic or a James Tedesco, you know, one of these absolute superstar guys. They have always been just a solid team. Whenever they're doing well, they're playing well as a team, which is where everyone chips in and does their job. And, you know, during the period of Will Zillman, he was fantastic. Obviously, I think AJ Brimson, the high-end potential he's got, blows Will Zillman out of the water. Uh, so AJ, he goes to the full-box spot. And, mate, I guess, you know, he hasn't played much rep football, but when he did play for Queensland last year, AJ, mate, he's well and truly ready for that uh, arena, isn't he? Definitely ready for the next step up. He's probably one of those players where, if he was coming through the Melbourne Storm system, we'd all be talking about how incredible he is and how he's a superstar, but because he is in amongst a Titans team that has struggled. But I think you really hit the nail on the head there. When the Titans play their best footy, it's a gritty, steely, determined sort of style of football. And every time we have tried to go out to market and find our marquee man in Ash Taylor, in Jared Hayne, it just hasn't worked. Neil Henry there was building a culture where we made the finals one year and we were very close to next. Um, but it just fell apart because we went searching for those few marquee players rather than having a culture where we have players like Will Zillman that never set the world on fire, but they're consistent and they do their part. And that's what's worked for us in the past. Um, and yeah, at the moment, obviously, after the thrashing of the Manly Seagulls at the time of us recording it, um, it's obviously not working. I guess when we dive into our wingers, another two guys that, you know, with all due respect to both of them, you know, if if we were to put these guys up as potential players in any other team, I'm not sure if they would make them. But, mate, the way that these two play when they're at the Titans, they were exciting. They did their job week in, week out. They, you know, not afraid to roll their sleeves up. Two, such enter- two guys that just entertained us week in, week out. The first one was David Mead. And for me, mate, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's a highlight that you'll be able to tell us which patch of grass it was, what day it was, what time it was. I'll never forget that try that David Mead scored when he reeled in that kick from uh, Scotty Prince. An unbelievable moment there. I believe that was against the Cronulla Sharks. That was just freakish, but that was what David Mead did. You know, he had some of the best finishing in the league at that stage. And I also believe he was the fastest at that time. I do remember him and his wing partner, um, a lot of people were saying at that stage they were the two fastest wingers in the NRL. He was the Titans' um, best ever try scorer up until 2015 when Anthony Don overtook him. And um, I believe Anthony Don's played a few more games than David Mead. So, um, you know, Mead was a fantastic try scorer for us, one of the fastest in the league. And um, when we look at Titans' wingers, he's definitely up there as the best we've had. Mate, Anthony Don, you just mentioned now, unfortunately, He's missed our starting 17 here. I think he's one of the guys that's really unlucky. The winger that we went over him, uh, Kevin Gordon. Now, you can tell us about his playing career, but uh, if you haven't gone and found Kevin Gordon on social media, I highly advise it. Good God, it's a roller coaster, isn't it? Oh, it's a, it's a roller coaster. He's definitely a very, very unique man. Um, an amazing singer whose work is available on Spotify, but um, as you said, definitely a social media account to tune into. Mate, oh, I don't know about you. you like you, you would have known him better than me, but... I don't remember ever picking up on any of this throughout his career. It's like it's like playing footy was just an extra thing on the side to him when you look at it now. 
Yeah, well, he actually said that he left the NRL and he didn't have to leave the NRL when he left in 2015. He was still in great form, but at the time he said he felt like Hollywood was his passion. So he actually moved over to America and was trying his hand in a little bit of acting and stuff like that and singing and all that sort of stuff. So he's definitely a unique character. But when we're talking someone like Kevin Gordon, um, probably perseverance would be something that goes with him. So he came into our team, I remember, and in his first season with us, he was our top try scorer. All of a sudden, he was this massive star and then went on for another year. Then I remember he did his ACL. And then in his rehab of that, he ended up in reserve grade. But then the season he came back in the NRL again, he finished as the Titans' top try scorer again. So he was certainly a try scorer. He was certainly someone who um, could score out of nothing. And again, like David Mead, I believe at the time, him and David Mead were the fastest wingers in the competition. So that definitely helped the Titans there. Mate, two guys that are no strangers to the promised land, no doubt about it. Let's move to the centres. And uh, one of them made, uh, you know, when I think back to the Gold Coast times when they first started, there's there's four faces that come to mind. It's uh, Scotty Prince, Preston Campbell, Luke Bailey, and, of course, Matt the Rat returning from Rugby Union, Matt Rogers. We had him in our Cronulla Sharks team the other day, but I just don't think we could leave him out of the Titans team either. He was unreal when he returned. Absolutely, and he was so crucial to the success because when you're starting a new franchise, the hardest thing is convincing star players to buy into your vision because there's no background and there's no evidence that your vision exists. Um, you know, if you're a more established team, you can say, hey, we finished ninth in the last couple of years. We need, we're getting you and a few other players. This is our vision. And you can buy into it. But when you're Matt Rogers returning from Open Union and there's this new team on the Gold Coast where so many other franchises have failed and they're saying, oh, it's going to be great, mate. You've got to come. It took a real leap of faith for Matty to actually sign with us. And he certainly didn't need to because he was in high demand. But he came back in 2007, 2008, Fandy Feed. And then, obviously, the Titans were back-to-back in the finals there in 2009 and 2010. And he was a massive, massive help for us there. I don't think we probably could have made the finals without him, Scott Prince, all the legends that came across the start. And then he also came out of retirement in 2011 and played one game for the Titans um, when we were struggling, which was a little bit strange, but definitely a unique bit of rugby league history there. I think the other thing about the rat mate, and uh, you, you once again, you, you know better than me, but I always remember during that time that if there was ever an injury in the spine, it was just so easy to throw Matt in there, and he would quite often just excel beyond belief. Whether he was playing fullback or 5'8", he could just step in and do an unbelievable job. Yeah, very versatile. I'm just looking now. I remember when we had him in our shark side, we spoke about his try-scoring ability. 77 games with 32 tries for the Titans. That's also a pretty fair strike rate, considering how many different positions he was forced to play. And considering, I mean, he was well and truly north of uh, 30 years old by that point too, wasn't he? Yeah, he was definitely, I wouldn't say in his peak of anymore, but he still definitely had a lot to offer our new club. Mate, uh, let's dive into the other centre role. And this guy, and I remember playing this guy as a kid and he was an absolute freak, ran past me a heap of times. Uh, But, mate, he's played some unbelievable little flashes of football everywhere he's been, James Roberts. But for me, when he was at the Gold Coast Titans... That is the best footy I've ever seen from Jimmy, and it's not even close. I think people forget just how good he was at the Titans. He was carrying this team for a year or two there. Carrying us, he was my favourite player at the time. He was unstoppable. A highlight I'll never forget, the Bulldogs have us pinned down on our own 10-metre line. It's fourth tackle. James Roberts gets the ball, throws a dummy that even fools the cameraman, and proceeds to run 90 metres. Now, he did pass to Brad and we didn't end up scoring, but you know, unless we're talking about someone like Ben Barber, there's not many people with that X factor that with a team literally screaming at the line at you with your own try line right behind you to throw a dummy and go to the field. 
absolutely incredible. And so, like you said, he did only play 36 games for the Titans, but 21 tries in that time. And Dally M center of the year, importantly. So that backs up you saying him playing his best football there. Absolutely electric. And in the 2015 season, he scored 16 tries, which is huge for a center. Mate, I would say out of the first five players we've named, out of the absolute peak of all these guys we've seen, mate, I'm not sure if Jimmy doesn't come out number one here. James Roberts, at his peak, would be the starting centre at a lot of teams in their greatest lineup. It was only for that two-year span of 2014 and 2015, and that's why a lot of people wouldn't buy into that. They would, you know, obviously they'd strive for consistency and all that, but if we're just talking, absolute peak of their powers. For me, James Roberts was the best centre in the NRL that year and up there with some of the best centre form I've personally ever seen. And I know it sounds crazy because it was only such a short period, but it is true, guys, if you go back and watch those highlights. Mate, uh, let's dive into our halves, and at six, a guy that we mentioned the other day in the Sharkies one, obviously, Preston Campbell, um, a guy that we'll potentially mention again in the Penrith Panthers one, maybe. But Presto, obviously won a Dally M at the Cronulla Sharks, you know, one, moved to the Penrith Panthers, you know, three, won a premiership there, unbelievable. Then moved to be the face of this franchise. And, um, you know, as I said, there's four faces I think of when I think of the Titans, and this bloke, He's right up there with the very best of them, mate. Tell me, what did Preston Campbell mean to the Gold Coast Titans? Well, I think as a Titans fan, he means everything to us. He's definitely a player that never let us down, and he's absolutely the fan favourite. He's the favourite player for almost any Titans fan you speak to. And that's also because a lot of people forget, he actually played for the Gold Coast Chargers and then chose to return to the Gold Coast because he loved it so much. Um, and one thing that we can say about Preston at the Titans, he played a very mature brand of football, he wasn't as fast and explosive as he was in his younger days. He still was, don't get me wrong, but just not as. And so with 103 games there, he only scored 15 tries, but I would love to see the stat for try assists because as he matured and grew into a, um, a more uh, experienced footballer, we saw Preston start to facilitate for others and combine that with his running game. And that's what made him so dangerous for the Titans. But when we go, who is the Titans' greatest player ever? I think a lot of Titans fans will tell you it's Preston Campbell. I think as well, mate, one thing that I always associate with Preston is, of course, uh, the, the, the Indigenous All-Stars and the and the uh, NRL All-Stars as it started. And I remember going to the Gold Coast for that first ever game. And, mate, like Preston Campbell wasn't playing in that game, but he was just... Oh, wait, what? Did, actually, did, did he play in the first one? Uh, I believe he might have. I, yeah, I, I believe he, he might have, but, I, but, I, but I, I still... I always look at that game and think that... Preston has always been the face of that, even though I think he only played in the first one. But since then, it is always Preston that I associate with that. And it just means so much to that area and the Indigenous links up there. I just think he's played such a crucial role in the Titans on the field. But then offered as well, he's just been critical, hasn't he? He's been so important to us off the field. And, um, you know, just everything he does, I've just got it up now in front of me. He was actually the captain for the first ever game. Um, and the Indigenous All-Stars went on to win 16-12. to of course, the thing I remember most from that game was uh, Wendell Saylor scoring uh, the try in the corner. I think Saylor retired the year before also. Scoring yeah. the try in the corner and then all the boys come in for an Indigenous dance, which was a fantastic showing of culture. But Preston Campbell has done a lot for the Titans off the field. He's been so prominent within our community. And that's why when we do talk greatest Titans ever, um, we're not just talking Preston Campbell retiring in 2011. We're talking about everything he's continued to do for our club since. I still remember also in that game, mate, uh, 
I think it was the first time we saw Sam Burgess. He came straight into that side. And you might remember now that I mentioned it, he uh, he put a shot on uh, on Preston Campbell at one point and then sort of jumped on him. And you could just tell the reaction of all the Indigenous boys was sort of like, nah, that's not sweet. Like, that's our Preston. I think you could sort of see the NRL All-Stars, as much as Burgess was on their team and he probably didn't understand who he was doing it to, I think you could sort of see all 26 guys on the field sort of going, oh, I, I don't know about it. Like, leave Preston. He, he's our boy in this situation. It was a pretty crazy scene. Yeah, that would have been Sam Burgess's probably the first time we'd seen him in Australia because I believe he signed for the up in 2010-ish. So, incredible to think that. I'm actually, when you said that, I'm flashing back now. I'm pretty sure Sam Friday made a point to go after yeah. him after that throughout the game, and they clashed a few times. So yeah. that's a game I'm definitely going to watch back now that you bring that up. That was an awesome game. Mate, let's dive into the halfback. And uh, for me, I said there's obviously four guys that I think of. And uh, I know a lot of people think of Preston Campbell they think Titans. For me, I always think of Scott Prince. Uh, I think this guy, he was so critical uh, to this Titans team when you guys first entered. Obviously won the comp with the Tigers in 05. Uh, you know, Clive Churchill medal was the skipper that night. It was unbelievable that entire season. And I, I think this guy was potentially the most important on-field signing for the Gold Coast Titans. I just thought he was such a good leader for you guys in the first four or five years. He was incredible, Princey. Tell me, what do you remember about Scotty? The thing I remember about Scott was obviously he was our first ever club captain along with Luke Bailey. So I remember all the promotion photos with Scott Prince and I remember knowing that he'd won the premiership recently with the Tigers and being excited in that regard. And Scott Prince, purely for on field, I would say he would be the greatest ever, uh, the Titans' greatest ever player. But I think the thing that hurts him is that he did go back to the Broncos yeah. and post-playing career, he's been very in with the Broncos and not the Titans. So um, just speaking from a Titans perspective, I know that has soured us a little bit as fans, but on the field, we absolutely loved him. Um, his whole career, he's sort of been underrated, I would say. Um, when you go to the we start of the Titans, you know, people more think of Preston Campbell and Matt, uh, Matt Rogers and everyone, but it was Scott Prince. When we go to the 2005 grand final, everyone's, oh, it was Benji, and, but it was actually Scott Prince. And so an underappreciated player, no matter which side he played for, and so, so important to the Titans and helping kickstart their franchise. And, mate, oh, I think Princey, during his time at the Titans, he was you know, right up there with the best kicking games in rugby league. And it was so important for the Gold Coast Titans, wasn't it? Absolutely. Your kicking game is so important. Everything he brought, though, not just his kicking game, his leadership, the playmaking ability. It's, it sounds a bit funny to say now, but I wonder where the Titans would have been in those opening few years, if not for someone like Scott Prince. Because as we do know, it would have only been 2013, 2014-ish. The NRL actually had to buy the Titans because there was no one that wanted to buy it and therefore signaling a dead franchise. Now, without Scott Prince and a couple of the influential uh, players we've mentioned before, that could have been the Titans' reality much, much sooner. And Titans could be more than like likely right now be the fourth dead Gold Coast team. Luckily, we never had to find out, thanks to players like Campbell and Scotty Prince, though. Mate, I really do think it was those big four, those big four players in Rogers, Prince, Campbell, and Luke Bailey that are probably the reason the Gold Coast Titans still exist and are probably the reason why I think they're always going to exist as well, which is fantastic for our game. Mate, the last guy we mentioned out of those big four just then, Luke Bailey. He's the first uh, front rower that we picked. You mentioned that uh, he was the first co-captain of the Gold Coast Titans along with Princey and uh, Luke Bailey. I think he was probably the first forward that we picked, wasn't he? He was. He, he was the first forward we picked because he was the most important forward. When we signed him, he was a big game player at the Dragons. Um, he was a part of the New South Wales Blues side. And Luke Bailey spent eight years at the Titans, and he really set the platform for 
um, future leaders and future forwards to understand what it is to be a Titan. He was so um, so influential at the club for all of our younger players as well uh, because he was a player that had played rep and a player that had been successful in the NRL previously. And, you know, people forget the Titans had a lot of young guns in their books, such as Jordan Raffiner, Gavin Cooper, Jerome Hughes, um, players that have gone on to have incredible NRL careers. But um, you can have as many great young guns in the world, but if you don't have the glue, the veterans, the, you know, the experienced leaders, then you're going to fail. And I think an example of that at the moment is probably how the Broncos are playing at the moment. So if the Titans didn't have someone like Luke Bailey, it could have been a very, very dark start to their NRL, uh, NRL franchise start. And, mate, a few years after Luke Bailey, of course, the leader of the pack by this point, uh, the tallest midget in the world, Nate Miles, uh, one of the most consistent players I've seen, one of the most consistent players I think the Titans have ever had, uh, a guy that you'd just be happy to go to war with. I think Nate Miles, he was always one of those guys you would just rather him be on your team than on the opposition, realistically. Yeah, Nate Miles, he was a fantastic leader for us. I thought he always played a little bit better when he went to rep team. Um, he did play 32 games for the Queensland Maroons. I believe he won a Wally Lewis player of the series. Uh, he was so important for the Maroons there for so many years. But the thing I remember most about Nate Miles and probably the thing that was disappointing for me was Around 2014, the Gold Coast Titans went through a bit of a cocaine scandal where four or five of our players were caught up in a drug ring. And, you know, the talk started to come around, like, why is this team in the competition? We were low on the ladder. You know, we had all these off-field discretions. And so um, Nate Miles at the time, he was our captain. He was the one that fronted the media. He was the one that got the club through that. And at the end of it, at the end of 2015, we actually low-balled him. We offered him a very low contract and said, oh, that's just where our cap's at at the moment. So we ended up losing him to the Manly Seagulls and he's one player I really wish we never lost he deserved to finish his career with the Titans and um, ultimately I'll remember Nate as a really really great captain for us for so many years Mate you you mentioned him being such an unbelievable character and you know the other thing that stood out for me there which I didn't realise 32 Origin games that's that's more than 10 years in a row of Origin series in the front row that is incredible and we know that this Queensland team they only pick winners. They only pick guys that they trust will get the job done whenever they pick him. And Nate Miles, it just sums up the sort of footballer he was. I think he was fantastic for the Gold Coast Titans. I wasn't aware of that low ball uh, offer that you spoke about. That's uh, really unfortunate to hear because he was such a fantastic servant for the club. Mate, let's move into the back row. And um, two guys from two different eras. The first guy, we obviously mentioned Nate Miles, a fantastic servant of the club. This guy, Anthony LaFranchi. Wow, I think... Another one that was extremely underappreciated. Obviously played a couple of games for the New South Wales Blues. I'm not sure if he ever played for the Green and Gold. You'd know better than me. But LaFranchi, for the Gold Coast Titans for a long period of time, was one of the premier edge players in our game. He was, definitely. He was also one of the most important players because he also came with Scott French from that Tigers premiership winning side. In 2008, he did play for the Blues and he did play for Australia. So it was important at the time to have sort of a rep player among our ranks um, 2008, that year as well, he scored 12 tries from 20 games, which is, you know, better than 50% strike weight for He was playing prop and back row at the time. So that's obviously a pretty incredible stat there. Overall, he played 102 games at the club. Um, he, he did retire in 2011, and that's what hurt us because we lost him and Preston Campbell at the same time. And they were two pillars that our club was really built on at the start. So Anthony LaFranchi was very, very important to the Titans in his playing career. And I believe he's still with the club now as in a training role for us. So, um, obviously gone on to continue to serve the club. Mate, uh, the other back rower, and there's probably two guys that we've picked that are probably a little bit controversial, and this is the first one. But 
Mate, I just think the impact he's had so quickly. And obviously, we're talking about guys at their at the peak of their performance. David Fafita, uh, we've already seen... Well, God, I, I, I hope we've already seen the peak of his performance. If he's got more to offer, it's going to be scary. Uh, we've seen him score, what, two hat-tricks this year? I think he scored 10 tries this season, and I think he's missed a bit of footy as well. So for a back rower to be doing that, incredible effort. You said he's missed a few, a few uh, games, sorry. The last forward to score two hat-tricks in a NRL season was uh, Stephen Menzies, I believe. So he's obviously in some incredible company there. Dave himself did say he does have another level to go to. That was before State of Origin, and obviously he didn't pan out so well for the Maroons. But um, look, when we talk about players at the peak of their prime, and that's why we're selecting them, you can't overlook David Fafita. There's just simply not been a better back row for the Titans. They signed him for $1.3 million and made him the highest paid player in this league for a reason. He leads the NRL and tries as far as forwards are concerned. He has the most tackle breaks of any forward in the NRL, the most line breaks of any forward in the NRL. Um, and so when we're talking big impact on a game, those are the three stats we're looking at, and Fafita leads them all. So um, it is controversial. I understand why people would disagree, but if you go back to our criteria and why we're picking these teams and how we are, you cannot leave David Fafita out. Mate, Jersey 13, one of my favourite players of all time. Uh, as you know, I've been a huge fan of the ball playing lock for a long time now. And Greg Bird, he might be my favourite one. Absolutely tough as nails. Uh, you know, would essentially play like he was the size of a front row, but then had the ball skills of a 5'8". I think he played 5'8 for the Blues on five occasions. I think he got man of the match two or three times in those games. I think he's got a grand total of three man of the matches for the Blues, which, I mean, when you consider Joey's only got four, an incredible effort from Greg Bird, a champion player, Birdie. Tell me about him. Greg Bird, he, he was our Jared Rhea Hargraves. He was that player that I'm sure a lot of other teams disliked him or even hated him when they were birthing him. But for the Titans, we loved him because it was everything he did in the game. He, he could run hold like Luke Lewis, which is incredible. He could defend like Jared Rhea Hargraves. But then he could ball play like someone like Wade Graham. So, you know, when you combine in all three of those incredible factors into one rugby league footballer, you have someone like Greg Bird. Um, he was in the representative frame for the Blues pretty much for the whole time he was at the Titans, which was between 2010 and 2016. But played a bit of back row, played a bit of uh, 5-8 first, played a bit of lock. Ultimately, we picked him at lock. And, you know, Greg Bird is a player that I would love to see him right now in the modern game because he would combine, um, or if he could avoid the sin bin, because we've seen how that's gone lately. But if he could avoid the sin bin because of his aggressive style, you would have a back row or a lock that just goes to war for 80 minutes and is so aggressive but then he can also ball play, which is massive in the modern game. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mate, I have no doubt he would be a regular in the sin bin, though, just quietly. He did have a brain explosion in him. <laughs> He certainly did. And that's why when I say Greg Bird's one of those players that uh, other teams probably didn't like him too much, but as a Titans fan, I definitely loved him. He had that mongrel and that grub that you sort of need one in your team. And when you go through every NRL team, they all have one or two in their team that sort of bring that mongrel slash grubbiness when required. 
Mate, uh, let's dive into our bench in Jersey 14, our utility. Uh, a little bit different to um, a lot of the other utilities that we've got in these sides. Uh, a lot of the times, you know, it's guys that probably could have been the fullback or the seven or the hooker, but there was someone else that was unbelievable in that team, so we throw them in the 14. This guy, he was a genuine utility, a guy that could play in the halves. He could jump in at hooker. He could be in the back row. Probably not a, a guy that you'd put in at wing or fullback, but could definitely handle himself at centre. Ashley Harrison, uh, was he the skipper of the club for a while there? I don't believe he was ever the skipper. He might have been our vice captain, but, I mean, played 117 games for the Titans from 2008 to 2014, and, during that time, he was definitely a genuine leader within the club. He was also a stalwart of the Maroon side that went eight in a row. Uh, when I think Ash Harrison, I just remember an absolute workhorse. It didn't matter what number he had on his back or where you told him to play. He would go there and you know he would just have that hunger for the full 80 minutes. And no matter what it took, he would do his best to get the job done. A really interesting character, uh, Ash Harrison, obviously... Uh, started at the Brisbane Broncos, uh, was incredibly successful there to kick off his career, was the next young gun coming through. Uh, I believe then he went to the South Sydney Rabbitohs, and I think he was made the captain at an extremely young age. He had a lot of pressure on his shoulders there, Ash Harrison. Then I think he went to the Chooks, and then he arrived back up the Gold Coast Titans. And did he did he finish his career with the Titans? Finish his career with the Titans at the end of 2014. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, it's a very interesting career from Ash Harrison. But as you said, was always part of that Queensland team. Another one of those guys that... You know, he, he probably wasn't the best second rower or the best lock or the best 5'8", but they always found a spot for him in that team. He would always do a job for them. Jersey 15, and uh, this is probably the second controversial one. We've gone for Big Tino here, mate. Tell me about him. Yeah, again, under the criteria that we're selecting players at their best, and Tino has to be there. There are other options for this bench team. Um, you know, you've got your Brad Myers, who started at the club, or... Um, someone like Luke Douglas, there are a few other options for another middle forward on our bench here. But the players that I just mentioned, whilst they did play more games for the Titans at this point, whilst they you know, seemingly had longer careers at the Titans, when we go to peak of their powers, Tino's already played for internationally for Samoa. He's already played under 23 for Australia. He's already won a grand final and won an Origin Series. And so when you combine all that, you just can't leave him out for the other players that I mentioned, unfortunately. Mate, let's move to Jersey 16. Uh, a guy that's not with the club anymore. He's moved to South Sydney, but another one that is just part and parcel of the Queensland Maroons side, Jai Arrow, uh, an absolute workhorse uh, for the Gold Coast Titans for a long time. Jai Arrow is one of those players where when I found he was leaving, I was genuinely sad. Um, it just goes for so much more reasons on and off the field. A fantastic bloke off the field, no controversies. Um, gets through his work every single week and it's just really strange me saying this and I'm sure people may disagree but he literally carried the Titans at lock position forward Um, we we would have been nothing without him there for that year when we won the wooden spoon and and struggled in the other seasons he was there I remember messaging Jai once and I I don't want to speak out of turn here but I said I witnessed a set of six where you had two hit ups and I saw Shannon Boyd out the back with his hands on his hips I said Jai you deserve better than this um, and at the time, it was probably a, a bit of emotion after myself because we'd just been flogged again. But that's genuinely how I felt. He gave everything whilst others wouldn't give much. So um, although he only played a few seasons for me, Jai Arrow, I'll always remember him as a, a really, really great Gold Coast Titan. Mate, uh, the last guy on our bench, and uh, it kills me that his Titans career didn't pan out better. He deserved so much better. I remember 
There was, there was a brief stint where the Gold Coast Titans, they played in the SG Ball competition in Sydney. I think it was around 2009, 2010, in 2010. And uh, they used to fly a team down every second weekend. And I remember this is the first time I saw Ryan James. And, mate, I swear to God, he was as big now as what he was when he was, like, 16. He was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I believe he was playing for Palm Beach Corumban up there. Um, was it Jacob Miller? Was he his halfback buddy there? Or was it – no, it was the young bloke, Jordan Rankin. And I remember these two – they just had an unbelievable combination of that schoolboy level, and you could just tell this Ryan James was going to be something special. I had I had a mate that told me once that when he showed up for his first SG ball session, they went into the gym and they were all working out and doing their normal stuff they do, and he, he, he had to tell them that, look, I've never been in a gym before. I don't know what to do, and they thought he was kidding. They sort of giggled and walked away from him, and he stood there on his own for another five or six minutes till they came back to him and said, like, are you for real? He goes, mate, I've never been into a gym, and he was the biggest guy in the room by a country mile uh, and you know just such a polite fella he's been such a good guy of rugby league for so long injuries have just absolutely crippled this guy though yeah he's one of those players that I really wish the Gold Coast Titans didn't get rid of as you said when he was young he was unmissable with the haircut as well um, the big wavy afro sort of going everywhere incredible coming through the ranks uh, played a bit of back row and prop for the Titans and was actually one of our highest try scorers for a season or two there he just kept climbing the line through shortfalls. Uh, Ryan James, uh, I don't want to speak out of turn, but the Titans again lowballed him. Um, he went to the club and said, what's the best you can give me? They offered him something close to a minimum contract. He said, guys, I'm the captain. That's not fair. Keep in mind from the club's perspective, he was coming back from back-to-back ACL injuries. So they were a little bit cautious in that regard. But, um, you know, that sort of all got out and, then the executive manager ended up speaking to him and it ended up the whole Titans board was on different pages. And so Ryan James just said, you know what, this isn't good enough. I deserve better. Put the feelers out. His manager goes, who wants me? Within a week, Ricky Stewart's on the phone. Ryan, I'd love to have you at my club, mate. Ryan does his medicals and without any negotiations, Ricky says, that's what you want. That's what you deserve. And, you know, he has been good this year for the Raiders also. But when we go back to the start of his career for the Titans, damaging grew into a leader for the club. He's someone who should have retired at Gold Coast Titan. And um, I'm really, really upset that he didn't have that opportunity. Mate, it's crazy to think that he played 10 years at the club. I mean, I don't look at him now and think he's old. He's been in the game for 10 years. Unbelievable. And I think probably the peak of his career, I think, uh, you know better than me, I'd say it was 2016 or 15 around that mark. And, mate, it felt like he was scoring a try each and every week, Ryan James. He was scoring trades and everything. He was on the brink of a New South Wales debut. He was actually set to debut. And then at the last moment, um, Brad Fittler decided Matt Pryor would debut over him. Now, naturally, you'd imagine if that happens, you'd be a little bit upset. But when you get selected for a state of origin side, you get three family tickets. Ryan James immediately came up to Matt Pryor and he says, you know what, mate? I'm giving you my three tickets. Get three more of your family because they deserve to come and watch you debut. And that just speaks volumes and characters of what he's like off the field also. And, mate, I also think, like, to add on top of that incredible story, I mean, when he arrived at the Canberra Raiders this year, you know, I believe he was the first one to show up at preseason. He showed up earlier than what he needed to. He trained with the under-19s, the under-20s to kick off the season. Just an incredible clubman and the sort of guy you want in your side. Yeah, you spot on. Ricky Stewart said to him, mate, you're not due back until whatever with the other NRL players. Um, and he rocked up to train with the SG ball squad. And everyone was sort of like, oh, what's going on here? And he, you know, he introduced himself. Of course, if, if you're an um, up-and-coming rugby league player, you know who Ryan James is. He's played 10 years, as we were speaking about. But, hey, guys, I'm Ryan. And um, just got straight stuck into his work. And 
the SG ball coach gives Ricky a call. Mate, Ryan James is here early. And Ricky goes, really? And he trained the whole preseason longer than he needed to. And he did this because he knew that he was coming back from a, a dual ACL reconstruction. But he didn't have to. He could have been on a holiday in Bali for all that mattered. That just shows what sort of a character Ryan James is. I will say, between him and Jai Arrow, I have to go with Ryan James, but they're the biggest losses that the Titans will ever have or have had to date, sorry. Now, mate, we both know uh, that I am an absolute machine of consistency, and uh, I thought I would leave the hooker to the very end like we do each and every other time we name a dream team here. Our hooker, we uh, we went with Nathan Friend. Now, it's a position that the Gold Coast Titans, I don't feel like they've ever had a real premier nine. I think Peachy would have played a little bit of origin when he was at the Titans, but um, we still went for Nathan Friend, and I think that... You know, he was a guy that was a part of the Gold Coast Titans, the very early pieces, and I think he was sensational in the first few years. A guy that, you know, as you mentioned, you know, his career started and finished whilst Cameron Smith was the best in the world. But, wow, I think Nathan Friend, when he was at the Titans, he was an unreal footballer. Yeah, and importantly, you did mention Cameron Smith there. He was obviously at the Melbourne Storm for four years before he came to the Titans in 07, and so would have been the understudy to Cameron Smith. And defensively, I thought Nathan Friend was probably one of the best hookers in the game as far as defense was concerned whilst he played. Um, he played for the Titans between 07 and 11. But what I love about Nathan Friend was after he'd gone over to the Warriors and had his big contract um, per se, he came back to the Titans in 2016 and played another uh, position where his heart was and you know where he started, which I always love to see in footy. I love to see it in any sport, really. Um, but yeah, when we talk about Titans hookers, he's up there as the best. When we talk about defensive hookers in the NRL, he's also up there as the best. Mate, I was just having a look at his career, and we obviously said, you know, was the understudy to Cameron Smith. Smithy made his debut for the Melbourne Storm in 2002. Uh, Nathan Friend made his debut in 2002, played one game, and then signed with the Melbourne Storm. I'm not sure if there could have been a worse place to sign as a hooker in 2003, just quietly. Absolutely. I mean, I call him the understudy, but um, the reality was he was stuck behind Cameron Smith. And also a, a stat for Nathan Friend that, um, not many people in the game have the one and only backflip try assist that I've ever seen, although he was playing for the Warriors when that occurred. Mate, how crazy was that play? And I mean, <laughs> Sean Johnson throws one of the best passes of all time in that play. No one even talks about it. Friendies, it's just something we have never seen before. And, mate, for the sake of player safety, I kind of hope we don't see it again. Yeah, I'm certainly hoping that's the last backflip uh, try assist we see. But, yeah, as you said, up here goes the backflip. Sean Johnson takes it deep into the line, skips past two defenders and throws a bullet ball out to, I believe it was Tui Lolahia who scores in the corner. And poor SJ gets no recognition. Tui Lolahia, he had to work for that try. It was a great finish. He gets no recognition. We go straight back to the backflip. And uh, you know what? I think rightfully so. That was an incredible uh, try to by Friendy. Mate, who have we gone for as coach of your Gold Coast Titans? It was a bit of a tough one, but ultimately we had to go with John Cartwright. He has had the most success, although, again, limited. Um, Neil Henry had a few great years there. Um, but overall, John Cartwright has the best rate of making the finals for the Titans. And also, to impor- importantly, he started the club. He was our first ever coach. So I think that earns um, a fair few points there. Um, John Cartwright, he was our best coach for the Titans. With that being said, I do believe Justin Holbrook, when it's all said and done, I think he might overtake Cartwright at this stage. Mate, uh, another a number of notable mentions in this side. Uh, once again, a, a number of guys that, you know, they're probably not all-star talents, but when the Titans are playing their best footy, they're playing as a team, and these guys played their role incredibly. We already mentioned Luke Douglas and Brad Myers. Obviously, Luke Douglas, 
Man, he must have played a thousand games in a row for you guys. He was just a mainstayer in that team for so long. Fun fact, he actually owns the NRL record for the most consecutive NRL games played. Um, so Luke Douglas, he would play no matter what. And I've got a funny story about Luke Douglas. So in 2014, I was getting a signed Titans jersey. Um, and I was at a training session and I was getting all the players to sign it. And I got up to Luke Douglas and said, mate, I'm going to frame this jersey. May you please sign it. He goes, yeah, sure, mate. He turns around and signs the back of it. After I've just told him I want to get it framed. So <laughs> I guess that, that does show he is a front rower. Mate, another guy in their forward pack that I, this is probably the guy I found the hardest to leave out of this side. And look, he was never a representative player, but just such a fantastic player for the Titans for the entire time he was there. Mark Minicello, you must have some fond memories of Mini. Got some fond memories of Mini, but none greater than his final NRL game um, because we actually beat the Bulldogs in that game by a, a field goal. So it was a gripping contest. We sent Mini out a winner. And then the Bulldogs went on to verse the Bunnies in the grand final. So it's obviously a great win for the club. I just remember being with all the other fans and Mark doing his final lap and um, just, you know, that feeling of, I guess, happiness, just looking back on an incredible career for us and someone who just never let us down. I cannot remember a poor game Mark Minicello played for the Titans and he is a true club legend and someone that had our selection criteria number four um, that players are selected at their peak. Had that have not been there, had we just been selecting a greatest team without that, Minicello walks into this team. Mate, there's a number of guys we have on this list still that I, I think, you know, for a brief period of time, they were playing unbelievable footy. I remember Albert Kelly when he burst onto the scene for the Titans. He was just so entertaining to watch. There's Aiden Caesar when he when he came on the scene there. Same as Kane Elgy. Elgy was unreal when he, he first burst on. He was so entertaining. A guy that I really wish his career would have kicked on differently. Yeah, Kane is a player that I actually have a photo of him and Ash Taylor where they both signed it. And I remember um, putting a photo on Facebook and saying, here are your future Australian kangaroos hearts. Now, obviously, I was very, very wrong with that prediction. But Kane is a player that he turned down the Manly Seagulls the first time when they had uh, Andrew Johns as their halves consultant and Daly Cherry Evans as the halfback. Then the Cowboys said to him, mate, we want you. We want you to work on a Jonathan Thurston and we want to offer you more than the Titans will. And Kane Elgy stayed loyal to the Titans, which probably wasn't the best career move for him uh, For him, looking back in hindsight. But while he was there, he had some incredible highlights. And he was also um, the under-20s player of the competition in the NYC. And so was Ash Taylor. That's why it was so exciting having them as a half parent for someone because um, they were young. It looked like they were going to kick on. Um, unfortunately, it just never happened for Kane. Gee, mate, you, you mentioned Aiden Caesar there. Fuck, I remember when he signed with Canberra, I thought he was going to be a superstar. He looked so good in that Titans 20 side. He was unreal. Mate, the last name I've got here is a guy that you know, played for four or five clubs, and there's probably one or two games at each of those clubs where you think, my God, he could be in their best 17. Dave Taylor, um, you know, surrounded by a lot of average footy, but when he was at his best for the Titans, he was unreal, DT. Yeah, the Coltrane's one of those hard ones because under selection criteria four, yes, at his peak, he could be in this side, but his peak wasn't even consistent for a season, uh, which makes it really hard. It wasn't even consistent for two games. Uh, Dave Taylor, some of his highlights in rugby league, some of the things he was able to do at 120 kilograms, uh, just not right. It doesn't make sense. He actually still plays, I believe, for um, Mackay or somewhere, but Dave Taylor, when he was on, he was unstoppable. However, unfortunately, that was probably only one every five or six games. So it was hard to include him knowing that. Clarky, mate, fantastic to have you on once again to go through the Golden 
Gold Coast Titans side, obviously your team, one of the more challenging ones for me. Obviously, you know, one of the sides that hasn't won a premiership in this time and, you know, a new franchise only, what, 15 years ago or so, an extremely difficult one, mate. But I thank you for coming on and sharing all your memories from your Gold Coast Titans uh, fanboy days. Sensational to have you on once again, mate. Sure, appreciate it. This was a really fun episode. Looking back on some fun memories and thank you everyone for tuning in. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.